Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave a five-star review. We would certainly appreciate it. I'm Cherson Soussel here with Johnny Venerable. And Johnny, we had to move our show up a little bit because we've got some Mm. breaking news to discuss. Earlier in the day, Cliff Kingsbury said that DeAndre Hopkins was getting a second opinion after receiving an MRI on uh, on his knee. Yeah. Suffered an injury at the end of the game on Monday. And now Adam Schefter just tweeting out that he is expected to miss the rest of the regular season with a sprained knee, the t- team is hopeful to get him back at some point in the postseason, though. So here we are doing an emergency pod here to discuss what that means for the Cardinals. Yeah, not the fun breaking news that we like to do here at PHNX Cardinals podcast. Uh, the not so fun. And thinking about Monday night's loss, it can always get worse. And here's a perfect example of that. Immediate quick takeaways. Um, Josina Anderson just tweeted out. Literally, right as our intro was rolling, it's an MCL. It's not an ACL. It's an MCL. MCL sprain, maybe partial tear. We don't know. Typically, if you're considering surgery, there is a small tear. And goodness for Hopkins, this is right after getting over a lengthy hamstring injury that knocked him out, along with Kyler Murray, for upwards of a month's time. So I think the best news we can take away from this is, Emphasis on regular season, right? So that would give him a full month off before the Cardinals kick off their postseason play, which, you know, if you ask me, is probably going to be in the first round of the NFC playoffs, either hosting or or on the road. So, I I mean, can they win three of the next four without DeAndre Hopkins? I think it's possible, but just in the short term, it just – it, it felt too good to be true going into that Monday night game. The Rams were falling apart. They had all these COVID absences. The Cardinals were knock on wood the healthiest they had been since early October. There was talk about getting J.J. Watt back. And now it's a deflating feeling off of that loss. No Hopkins again. Um, so, yeah, it, it's too bad. I'm, I'm disappointed for Hopkins. But what I will say is, I mean, the Cardinals have a robust receiving core that we talk about and we praise constantly. They've got an MVP caliber quarterback. They should should be able to overcome this in the short term. Do I think they can win a championship without number 10, without DeAndre Hopkins? It's going to be very difficult. But if we're talking about Hopkins returning for wild card weekend, it's another conversation that we'll have to have. Yeah, I don't know why, but maybe it's just because I'm extra cautious with injuries this season because of the DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray stuff that happened earlier in the season where we were all just like, oh, they'll be fine, especially DeAndre Hopkins. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. He's not practicing, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm probably just like overly cautious at this point. But I'm telling you, I had a really bad feeling yesterday when we were talking about the injuries to D Hop 
and to James Conner. And James Conner, thankfully, he's day-to-day, and so that's that's good news here. But as far as DeAndre Hopkins goes, they've shown, and you mentioned that robust um, wide receiver room, that they can win without him. But he is – he is one of the best receivers in the game. I mean, he is the the X factor that is going you you need him you need those kinds of X factors on your team to be able to win it to be a ship and that's why you know they brought him to Arizona and so you know my my big concern here is not can they win in the short term without him because they've proven that they've been able to do that but it's just like when it comes to injuries and to be honest with you I don't know a ton about MCL versus ACL and things like that um, I really don't I've, I've never had an injury like that yeah. so um, when it comes to healing I mean I know guys come back and and the timetable is different for everybody and you know it's very specific and we don't know the specifics of of this injury but. My fear is just that he comes back and he's not the same DeAndre Hopkins. It's one thing to mm-hmm. be able to say that, okay, he's back, he's active, but uh, would we get the same DeAndre Hopkins? And so that's the question mark that will remain up in the air until he eventually returns. Yeah, and I think that's a fair question. Same question everybody has right now with number 99, J.J. Watt. What kind of players he going to be eventually if he does suit up in the postseason or before? Are we going to get 75 80% J.J. Watt? Is that good enough then? or better than what the Cardinals have. I think with with regard to both of these players, unlike the quarterback position, for instance, you've got other guys that can step up. You've got guys you can rotate in and out. And this is the NFL. I mean, the injuries happened to, to the best teams. There were large stretches last year in, w- in which the Packers didn't have Devontae Adams, and, and Aaron Rodgers and the Packers almost went to the Super Bowl, right? I, I just think that to beat the best team, this isn't you know a hot take, this is cliche. To beat the best teams, you have to have the best players Late in the year, you have to have the the DeAndre Hopkins and the Kyler Murrays of the world playing their best football. My biggest concern would be if he does come back, like what does that look like? To your point, Chirsten, is he hampered at all? What kind of rapport does he have uh, in time to build with Kyler Murray? But again, I, I, I think a lot of this receiving core, as do you, Rondell Moore now steps into a bigger role. A.J. Green, I think not so coincidentally, played his best game of the year, I thought, on Monday Night Football, making a lot of tough catches against the L.A. Rams. Christian Kirk, two 40-plus yard receptions. You probably consider, you know, elevating Antoine Wesley's role. He's going to be the outside receiver, uh, assuming they they don't bring back a certain, you know, other outside receiver. And then Zach Ertz, number 86, who was already starting to acclimate more to this offense. Um, There's enough pieces to score points in bunches and to win all four of these final games, right? Really only only Dallas has – go ahead. I was just well. You said something, so you don't think there's any way that you bump uh, Rondale Moore to the outside and and Moore and uh, AJ Green outside receivers, and you keep Christian Kirk in the slot. I think Christian has the most experience outside, but you look at the the template that they set when Hopkins was already out this year. Antoine Wesley played outside receiver with A.J. Green. Kirk and Rondell Moore remained underneath. Um, That's probably what they will do um, because Kirk struggles with press man coverage with number one corners on the outside. He flourishes underneath. Yeah, that's why I wouldn't even think putting Kirk on the outside would be an option. I I would keep him inside. In certain packages, you know, they may mix and match some players. I, I did notice the final, of course, the final possession of the game on Monday Night Football when Hopkins wasn't out there. They were moving Kirk around. And as long as you can get he and Hopkins on single coverage, you're in good shape. But I think that, again, the biggest thing for me is 
Kyler Murray has to play elevated football now because, you know, if you want to be considered an upper echelon quarterback, you have to make others better. And I, I'm not going to make excuses for this team, even with Hopkins out. There is no reason this team should still not win the NFC West. I don't, I don't, Hopkins is an elite player. He's a top one to two to three receiver in the NFL, but they were winning games without him with Colt McCoy. And they're better than all four of these teams, even without him down the stretch. The Colts are inconsistent. The Lions are the Lions. The Seahawks aren't it this year. And then you've got a Dallas game, maybe a coin flip game, but I like Arizona's culture right now more than Dallas. Without DeAndre Hopkins, I, I still think they should go into every one of these games as the favorite, and I think they will maybe outside of the Dallas game. So backtracking a little bit, Beanard made a good point. Second primetime game in a row where we get a major injury in the final desperation drives. It's so yeah. true. Uh, we saw that happen against Green Bay. And was it was it just that – was, that was Kyler Murray, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then DeAndre Hopkins was already injured, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Kyler got hurt the second to last play against the Packers okay. Okay. Uh, on that so, scramble run. Again, it's like, you know, it's a coincidence. So it's not like he could sit there and be like, dang it. If you weren't in that position where you had to be in a desperation drive to win the game on freaking prime time, it would have never happened. So it's not like you could sit there and say that because you never know. But at the same time, I don't know, maybe it has something to do with it. But you certainly don't want to see it, right? Like, what you don't want is to lose a primetime game on the final drive, back-to-back games, and then come out of it after uh, an awful loss where you're, like, you know, frustrated about it, et cetera. Um, not that I would consider the Green Bay an awful loss, but the way that it ended was certainly frustrating. And, you know, now you're down players. You're down star players. Um, yeah. And so that's another, I'm telling you, Johnny, yesterday, I just had this feeling that the the news about the under wasn't going to be good. And like, I think most of us thought that it was not a lower body injury after Monday night. He kind of slammed his head uh, on that almost touchdown, you know, maybe second to last drive of the game. And I think most of us just assume we got taken out because he got banged up and he's, you know, seeing stars and, and he's got a concussion, right? And the concussion's terrible in its own right, but it's manageable after after time, you would think. It's not a significant, you know, injury that would re- maybe require surgery. It just, is this going to be a lost season for DeAndre Hopkins? You don't want to say that, but between the hamstring now and then and then this situation, you know, I, I'm not saying that I think they should shut him down for the year, but I, I do think that if there's a serious risk to further injure him, and to your point, Shearson, he's not right, and you're just trotting him out there to trot out number 10, I, I don't think that's in the Cardinals' best interest. They need him with this franchise healthy and long-term. You do not want to have him go through a lengthy rehab process. They Say he's got a sprained MCL, and they and he rushes back out there, and it makes it worse, and he tears, God forbid, a bunch of ligaments in his knee in a wild-card loss, and he spends the entire offseason rehabbing. That's not a smart move. I I think that you go with what you have right now, obviously, with the top four receivers we listed, and you make it work, and if you get a healthy and ready-to-go Hopkins and wild-card round, kind of like if you remember Anquan Bolden was in and out of the lineup when they went to the Super Bowl in 2008-2009, he had, you know, of course, the concussion against the Jets. He had a hamstring injury. They eventually just got him back against the Falcons, and he just they just started rolling as an organization, as a franchise. But he missed to- a lot of time that season. 
So they had other players, Steve Preston, of course, Larry Fitzgerald, that they relied on on top of the running game to get them to where they need to go. And I think they have they have more than enough weapons, I think, to win out. Not, that's not a question in my mind. Super Bowl, I don't think so. But but to get through this gauntlet the next four weeks, absolutely. No excuses. I want to get to what uh, if this is accurate and he will miss the rest of the regular season at least, get to what his numbers will be. And you mentioned the name Larry Fitzgerald. Also get into is it time for Steve Kahn to pick up the phone? But first, uh, want to talk to you guys a little bit about the DraftKings Sportsbook app. They've got a promo for our viewers. If you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use the code PHNX, bet $1 on any team to score in a football game. You can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. When they score, you score. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also get skin in the game with new same-game parlays, combine, combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw draw your cash whenever you want. So again, download DraftKings Sportsbook app using that code PHNX, bet a dollar on any team to score in a game. You're going to get $100 in free bets if they do. But as always, it's 21 over with the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Arizona only, gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only, eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. All right, so if DeAndre Hopkins, uh, if we don't see him again, and this report is accurate. Um, he will finish with career lows in catches with just 42 catches and yards with 572 yards and eight touchdowns, which is not a career low. So that's good news. Um, but I don't think he's ever dealt with anything like this. So that would make a whole lot of sense. But, uh, you know, even when he was healthy, the silver lining, I suppose, is that a lot of times we were having the, the conversation of how do we get DeAndre Hopkins more involved in the offense because yeah. you could argue that he wasn't even being targeted enough because of all the weapons that the Cardinals have. So it's not like last year where he was – I don't want to insult anyone by saying he's the only option, but they relied a lot more heavily on DeAndre Hopkins. Too much. Too much on him last season. So that this season, completely different, night and day difference with their usage of him. Yeah, they play backyard football. We've talked about that last year. There was really no rhythm to the offense, and that we saw that in the second half. Teams made adjustments, and when Kyler couldn't go to number 10, the offense sputtered. I think it's a compliment to, to, to Cliff Kingsbury and company that they've diversified this offense enough where any singular player could score a touchdown uh, in, in, a, in a given time frame, and you wouldn't be surprised. Now, a lot of those have been gobbled up by James Conner for obvious reasons lately, but, I mean – Zach Ertz could have a big game, you know, Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore, AJ Green. Th they are equipped to handle this, I think is is the best way to put it. And I'm with you, Cheers. And I this is my first thought after this happened was this was last year, even though they did tumble down the stretch, they they might lose out as a result. This year, after what we've seen, go into San Francisco, win without both Hopkins and AJ Green and Kyler Murray, go into Seattle, win with Colt McCoy. No Hopkins, right? No Kyler Murray. Now you have Kyler back, right? And you're going to be favored. There, to me, it's, okay, make it work in the short term. You can still put up points. They were moving the ball efficiently. That Monday Night Football, they were moving the ball efficiently that first drive. They didn't target Hopkins one time. Now you could say, well, he's a diversion. He respects so much coverage. And that, of course that's true. But I right. think that the, the belief that they have with so many of the other options at receiving, uh, at receiver, whether it's tight end or wide receiver or running back, now that you get Chase Edmonds out of the backfield, 
Right. This is this is not a poverty franchise with skilled players. We have talked all about it's a top, you know, two to three receiving core in the NFL when Hopkins is healthy. And now it's probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 to 12. And that's still good enough to win games in the NFL. Jacob asking who is wide receiver one now, Kirk or Green? That would be A.J. Green, no? Yes, absolutely. So Kirk leads the team in receiving yards, but I think Green right now is the more dangerous of the two. I think he's playing better football. It's a good problem to have. I think both of these, these are your top two guys moving forward. But they, again, we had this conversation yesterday, Kirsten, with Frank Sanders on our show last night in studio. Rondell Moore now has to become a bigger part of this offense from a vertical standpoint. You have to get him involved downfield. No more gimmick, horizontal stuff. Get him in space. He can be a difference maker, right? You've got Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore, second round picks. AJ Green, once upon a time, of course, was a first round pick. Zach Ertz is probably going to be an all-decade tight end. They, they have enough weapons to score points. And the running game, you know, we forget about it. They're going to have a running back score 20 touchdowns this year. So I, I just, again, different year, be a huge problem. This year, I think it's manageable until the playoffs. And then, you know, you're, you're, you're playing Aaron Rodgers and, and, and you're playing uh, Tom Brady, and they have loaded skill players. And it just, that becomes infinitely difficult. But we'll have that discussion, you know, when it's time to have that discussion. Uh Again, um, it is a sprained knee. Somebody asking on Twitter, and feel free to uh, to ask more questions. We appreciate Jacob chiming in and in our chat and asking some questions. Um, but uh, somebody on Twitter asking, could someone explain why he would need surgery on a sprained knee? Um, he he's not getting surgery. Am I correct in saying that? Did I miss? No, something? I. Yeah. So second opinion means I'm avoiding surgery right, right. now. Okay. I was and like, so uh, I missed something here. <laughs> I think the approach the Cardinals are taking is sprained MCL. Maybe there's a slight tear. I think he's going to try to rehab, stay off of it and say, okay, wildcard weekend, I'm going to try to play. And if it doesn't improve over time, they may scrap those plans. He might opt to have surgery. If it, if it looks more optimistic, then they'll take it kind of week by week. It's, I mean, it's a JJ Watt 2.0 scenario, in my opinion. So again, the Huck Show on on Twitter told him to go ahead and join our show because we're discussing it right now. So if he was chiming in, again, he asked the question. Someone explain why he would need surgery on a sprained knee. Uh, it is a sprained knee and near, which means he doesn't need surgery. He's just trying to heal that thing up to prevent further injury by uh, sitting out the rest of hopefully just the regular season uh, and and uh, be able to join the team in the postseason. So um, there that is. Do you want to take a crack at um, – he says he's joining the show. So Okay, great. <laughs> Welcome. Do you want to take a crack on whether or not, because I'm starting to see it in the chat, and it was something that we were actually – you got a message earlier in the morning, and we're like, okay, we're definitely going to talk about this today. Anyway, yeah. thinking, not thinking that we were going to get this sort of news on DeAndre Hopkins um, this early, but uh, people are starting to ask, what about Larry? What, should Steve Kahn pick up the phone and give Larry a call? I will say I was prepping just a little bit um, – just to kind of see, like, check out what Larry's been up to and see if I can yeah. you know, see and find anything interesting. Uh, I, I took a listen to the podcast that he has with Jim Gray, and it was last week's episode. He was talking about how he was out at Harvard. He had some, like, extent, uh, like a like an extensive, is that what I want to say? So it's not like, he's not, like, going, going to school there, but he's doing yeah. sort of, like, course 
uh, with their business yeah. school. Me too. I'm doing that too. Yeah. On the side. <laughs> I've got that going. Um, I'm doing PHNX. I'm with my family. I'm also taking online classes at Harvard. Yeah, at yes. Harvard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so he's, he's in doing business stuff. I mean, at this point, I know he left the door open. Mm -hmm. I'm always so curious to talk to him in the future about his decision to sort of ride away quietly into the sunset and not have his big retirement tour, et cetera. I mean, that will forever be one of the most mysterious things in my opinion of like what could have happened with the way that he finished out his career in a COVID year and then just deciding to kind of not show up to camp, but then keep that door open saying like, we'll see how I feel, you know, come the fall. If I feel okay, then, you know, maybe something will change and we'll not feeling it right now. Uh, and then we, we, you know, we would talk to Cliff or Steve Kime, um, and we would ask him about, ask him about Larry. And, you know, at first they would kind of entertain the conversation like, oh, he's always got an, an open invite. And then it got to a point where they're like, uh-huh, yeah, uh, I don't think he's coming back. And that's sort of the last we heard about it. Now what he's doing is he's kind of, it seems like he's seriously moving on business courses. Not that you can't take some business courses and then also um, have a podcast and also be training all side and have this desire to get back onto the field. Uh, I wonder if some, if they were to pick up the phone and say like, listen, we're, we're down a guy uh, that, that open invite still stands. We'd love to have you out. Um, but then he would just be sort of like a, like an extra piece, like on like a depth guy. And I don't know that that would be enough for Larry to want to drop everything that he's doing and say, yeah, I'm not like in football shape. I've been doing a whole lot of other things with my life and I'm just going to sort of flip everything upside down and rejoin you guys at, to, to be a depth piece for you and uh, kind of have this really the conversation would turn from the Cardinals to Larry Fitzgerald's back and every back game, it, there would be a big storyline around Larry Fitzgerald. Oh, Larry Fitzgerald's returning to this field. Larry Fitzgerald's returning to this. Larry Fitzgerald's returning to the postseason. I mean, he would, he would have an enormous undertaking and, and he doesn't, he's not a guy that likes the spotlight at this point. If he, I mean, this would be huge news and create a enormous storyline and all the attention would probably be on him. It'd be the first time the Cardinals really have gotten national attention during this season. I say that kind of <laughs> tongue in cheek, but I I think you have a point to 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 a certain extent. I think Larry would not have wanted to begin the season as a depth guy for a team that was picked fourth to finish finish fourth in the NFC West. They're going yeah. to the playoffs, and I think yeah. that that to to Larry Fitzgerald is the biggest benefactor to coming back. Saying, oh, I, I can I can still play. I may not be able to play seventeen full games and go through a lengthy off season with OTAs and training camp. But you need six to seven games. That's if the Cardinals, you know, progress length, lengthy in the in the postseason. Maybe Larry can do that. And again, thirty snaps, forty snaps a game, uh, or thirty or forty percentage of, of of the snaps total in in a given game. I do not think. I think the Cardinals will entertain it. Um, to your point, Cherson, he could just say flat, "No, I'm not interested. I'm moved on. Best of luck to you guys. Roll with your young players." And that could be the end of it. But I just something tells me that if they were to reach out and say, Larry, you have any interest? There's some things up in the air with Hopkins. We don't know if he'll be ready to go. Would you want to come back? Remember who's on this team now? It's not only, you know, A.J. Green, but 
Zach Ertz, they've got a bunch of veteran players anyway. It's not like Larry would be joining a team of just like a bunch of rookie players, right? He knows a lot of these established players that have been around the NFL. He's best friends with Kelvin Beecham, right? He has immense respect for Watt and Hopkins. I think it's not a Larry, please come save us. But I do think like you want to establish reliable targets that, yes, he can't really run much anymore, but single coverage, he still, I would imagine, has elite hands. I would bring him in for a workout and just see where that went. And to your point, Cheerson, it would be a huge media story. Um, but there's never a week you can do that without really having to worry about it. It's the Lions week, right? And then there's Christmas next week and everything that comes yeah, with that. It wouldn't stop there, Johnny. It would not stop there. Do you know how big of a, of a storyline that is? Larry Fitzgerald is one of the most beloved players to ever play the game. I mean, yeah. amongst his peers, he's friends with everyone and fans love him and for him to come back he was he was such a phenomenal as well and a future hall of famer for him to come back and come back towards the end of the season and sort of be this savior like now whether his role is limited or he plays a role etc he'll be deemed like this savior like larry's coming back to help save the cardinals because (laughs) andre hopkins and i mean i can just i can i could write up like 10 storylines right now that would probably like actually come to fruition if he and they're over dramatic if he were to return so okay let me ask you this then you seem to think now okay i think it wouldn't just be a one or two week storyline. I think that it would forever be a storyline until their season ends. Do you think that that is something that would be beneficial for the Cardinals? Would it be, and then would it be something that Larry would be, would welcome? I don't think Larry would mind it. I think the Cardinals, listen, if they couldn't, the NFL is all about headlines and managing expectations and teams like the Packers and the Buccaneers and the Cowboys deal with this kind of thing all the time. Maybe not major injuries like this, but stories that, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is in the news every other day and the Packers mitigate it just fine. If the Cardinals can't handle a potential Larry Fitzgerald like rotational return, like it's going to throw them off their game, by the way, they're a 500 team in their last six games anyway, then we have bigger questions about, you know, the, the intestinal fortitude of this team and their ability to overcome adversity, right? I think this team is mentally strong enough to overcome it. Um, and I think they could benefit from it. Uh, I, like, does Larry what? That's the the better question is: Does Larry want to come back? And to your point, does Larry want this? I don't. I don't know the answer to that. I do think if he does not answer the bell here and and come back and play, we can definitively say Larry Fitzgerald is retired. Because if he if he if he passes up this opportunity, should he be given the opportunity to come back and play on a team that that has championship aspirations that want that is set for playoff football that is missing now their number one receiver and now everybody else has to pick up the baton and pick up the weight larry is done if he doesn't want to come back to that then we can just we let's have his retirement ceremony you know in the in the coming weeks because he's not coming back ever that is a really really good point michaela says okay but imagine if larry comes back and the cardinals actually win the super bowl and he finally gets a well, ring I would cry real tears. You know Everybody what? Would that would become one of the best stories in all of sports. If that was the case, and I'm like a sucker for stories, like there, like there's nothing that gets me more excited, like excited, like 
when I sort of picture like what could be, I, I be all the, like I always create the storyline head and can picture the fans' reactions and like. I mean, I get carried away with it. I love imagining like what could be, especially when it's like a great story, something like this. Like everyone was so upset with, they're like, Larry, you can't retire like that. Like nobody, barely anybody got to see you play in your final season. It was an, it was an odd season. The way that it ended, you didn't even make the playoffs. Like it just wasn't good. Was you got COVID yeah. down the stretch? Like it just was not the way you want to go out. And everybody wanted him to have this farewell Derek Jeter farewell tour, where at every stop they sort of honor him and fans get to see him one last season, knowing that you know each game is one game closer to the end of his career and get to you know show their appreciation fully and feel like he felt their appreciation fully. and fans felt like they got robbed, but they also felt like in a way, even though Larry, it's his decision not to play Larry, right. you know, we, they felt that he got robbed too of the whole experience. Again, if he felt that way, he would probably be, you know, would be out there right now. But um, mm-hmm. one of the best sports stories of all is if he came back, and the Cardinals went on to win a Super Bowl with him, finally giving him that ring. Oh, my God, could you imagine it? I think the the biggest reason that he has not come back, and I just kind of reading through like his father's tweets, of course, the great Larry Fitzgerald Sr., longtime uh, writer for, I think, the Milwaukee or Minnesota. One of their, Minnesota. Big, yeah, one of their big newspapers was over money. I think that Larry had an expectation of what he wanted to be paid. The Cardinals obviously had to allocate funds elsewhere. I, I just think now in the home stretch of the season, I feel like something financially could be worked out. If that was the the hurdle to overcome and both sides had interest in it, I do not think that they would let money come between like this reunion with Hopkins out. Um, I don't know that definitively, but I if I had to put a, a a pulse on why I think he he isn't back here in Arizona this year on top of everything that went on last year and the fact that they've added some players is I, I like I think he had an expectation of I he was making $11 million each of the past like three or four years. And so what was he going to take? Like the veteran minimum, you could bring him back. Now there wouldn't be an insult associated with that. Really? No one would really have to know what he was paid. Um, and he has assurance. Now he's going to be in the playoffs. I, I just think there are, there are too many, I think positives or things that make sense as it relates to this story to just ignore it completely. I think we would be doing a disservice. Like if we didn't at least have this conversation, Cheerson. Do I think it's going to happen? I don't, but I, I think that there is a better than maybe like 25% chance that it does. If we woke up tomorrow morning and, the, and Larry was at the facility, like would that surprise anybody? It wouldn't surprise me. Uh, tomorrow, it would surprise me, yes. Um, I do want to take, I want to get to some of your and that sort of goes hand in hand with Beanard's last comment. But uh, first, I want to thank everybody for joining us. We, uh, you know, this is obviously something that interests us and you guys make it so much better when we much put up with you answer any questions and get your comments and opinions as well so we appreciate that if you're watching on youtube have not uh, hit that subscribe button yet on youtube or wherever you get your podcasts uh we would really appreciate if you do that when you subscribe to our podcast it helps us out and if you're not following us on social media yet at phnx underscore cardinals uh please be sure to do that as well all right uh let's backtrack here uh, a little bit um 
NFL AZ Cardinals says, don't get me wrong. I love Larry, but I disagree. And there certainly are fans that say, okay, it's, it's too late to, to even be thinking about, uh, about Larry again. Bees says, Larry knows this offense already. We can't pick anyone off the street that could offer that, which is a really great point. Um, you know, kind of a no brainer in terms of bringing somebody in this late in the season. Um, you know, they're, they're, he would certainly have to kind of have a, uh, a, a very quick uh, let's catch you up to speed type deal because it's not the same exact thing where, you know, it's not like he was just, Oh yeah, I was just there last week. I mean, he certainly would have to get uh, caught up. Um, but, uh, but you make a great point. And then Beanard asking, and this is what I was mentioning before, if it were to happen, when would it happen? Today, tomorrow, a week from now? That's a good question. I think they would want to bring him in for a workout ASAP and kind of assess the situation. Um, but I don't think like they would do make a definitive move and you know sign Larry and all of a sudden he's part of the team like something like tomorrow. I would think that would be more so they bring him in as soon as possible and maybe sign him like a week from now. I don't know. That's like my hunch, but who, who the heck knows with these things? What do you think? I'm muted because my daughter was crying in the other room and I had myself. (laughs) I apologize. And I was just talking like everything was normal. No, to answer your question, Cheerson, they're moving quickly on this Hopkins news and they're deciding whether or not he needs surgery. So I think they would be quick in deciding what they want to do with the position. Because if they have aspirations of bringing Hopkins back in the postseason, presumably the wild card round, I think that any move, any addition you're going to make, you're going to be doing it for these last four games. Um, you're, well, you're not true. doing it and for you know the what? playoffs. You would want to get him back in and working out with the team. And as soon like as possible. To, as soon as possible. Okay, so I just backtracked backtracked on that so yeah i mean i sure i guess something i guess you wouldn't want to wait a week from now i'm totally backtracking on it you would want to absolutely do it asap and if that means tomorrow then that means tomorrow yeah because again what are they rolling out this sunday they're rolling out the foursome of antoine wesley and aj green on the outside and kirk and more underneath and the longer you roll with that the more likely that's going to be the the core receiving you know threats that you have but if you if you feel like somebody else out there mainly number 11 can help you you want to get them in the building and get them acclimated now the good news for larry is he played under cliff kingsbury the last two years he's played with kyler murray you would assume the learning curve wouldn't be you know immense and then also you could build up his reps in the coming weeks you could you could do it of course uh, beginning now on sunday again i mean it would not surprise me if they signed him tomorrow and he was active sunday just knowing Larry and his competitive nature, this this move, in my opinion, would be to let's make sure we take care of business against the Dallas Cowboys and the Seattle Seahawks the last two weeks of the season. If you've got any doubts that Antoine Wesley can or can't do it, to me, it would that that's what this signing would be about. It's not about the Lions this weekend. Again, we're not trying to disrespect the Lions. If you feel like we're going to barely talk about them this week, but they're one eleven and one. The Cardinals could conceivably beat them with Colt McCoy. It's like, how do we win the West? What's the quickest path to win the West? And and who can help us do that? And I think if they feel like Larry can do it, they'll call him. Do you feel like there's a chance where they say, okay, well, we're down a guy. It can't hurt to pick up the phone. Like, do you think they would only do it if they have doubts? Or do you think they would just pick up the phone just to pick up the phone and, you know, hey, it it can't hurt to uh, to bring him on or to at least gauge his interest? 
I think they would, I think Steve Keim and Larry Fitzgerald have a great relationship as to he and Michael Bidwell. And I think that Larry's going to see this news today and he's going to know that his buddy DeAndre Hopkins is, is potentially done for at least for the regular season. And maybe Larry sends a text, maybe they send him a text and maybe that's how the dialogue starts. If it does start, I do not think like Steve's call picking up the phone, calling his agent and saying, get Larry in here right away. We need him. I think it's more like, where's Larry's mindset right now? We know he's got other things going on. Um, you know, how, how's your health? How's your body? Do you have any interest? I know our guys would love to see you. Why don't you come by the facility tomorrow? We'll kind of go from there. I think that it would, it would try to be as organic as possible. It would not be like, Hey Larry, we're going to have you in the formation on Sunday. We got to get you yeah, up to speed, right. blah, blah, blah. But I, I do think Larry, I mean, like, gonna Larry's going to get notified. You a playbook tonight right. because you know, you're going to play on Sunday. I think it's just, Larry's going to see this news and somebody's going to get in contact with somebody over it. And then just, and you'll get a definitive answer. Larry will, uh, will say, nah, I'm just not interested guys. I appreciate it. Good luck. You guys are having a great season or yeah, I can swing by and we'll have a discussion. Reynaldi saying we are here because we just want to feel better and not being sad alone. Well, we are all in this together and that's why we moved the podcast up. We are here yep. for you guys. And uh, I think sometimes just talking it through helps, helps make you feel better in and of itself. Michaela mm -hmm. says that Larry's an athlete. I don't see him, him letting himself go so quickly. I bet he is still in killer shape. We, we've talked about this, you know, the difference between staying in shape and staying in football shape. And I think the last time we talked about it was with Frank and he'll be the first to like, be like, uh, like it, like not even close to yeah. being the same thing in shape is one thing. Same with, Larry, same with Saul. Saul feels the same way. Yeah. Larry hopping on his Peloton and riding his Peloton while, while he's watching football games on Sunday and being out at practice every day are and suiting up suit Sundays for games are like two different things. He takes care of his body. Absolutely. He's he's not like like losing like a ton of muscle mass and gaining a bunch of fat because he's just sitting on his butt all day. Uh, for sure, he's he's taking care of his body more than the average person. But staying in football shape, man, that is like, especially that position is something that is is so important. And I highly doubt that he um, is uh, is in football shape right now. And actually, NFL AZ Cardinals making that same uh, comment as me about the Peloton. Larry coming off from the Peloton from the playoffs that to go from kind of working out to being in playoff condition. That's all I'm saying. So NFL AZ Cardinals, you actually said that a couple minutes before I just made my statement. So you, you are spot on. You and I are in agreement. Um, yeah. So that I think probably the biggest thing for me uh, is Larry's interest and whether or not like it's even viable for him to think that he could suit up and compete again. So I'm, can I tell a quick, can I tell a quick story? So yeah. I got this sent to me, so I can't take credit for this. Um, so in 1976, so a, a while ago, uh, there was a player on the Cardinals, a standout player who played tight end by the name of Jackie Smith. That was his last season with the team. Um, he got passed up by a, a rookie. I think JV King was a rookie. Jackie Smith, phenomenal player for the Cardinals in, during their time in St. Louis, but was passed up and just retired. Say, I'm not the same player. 
I'm going to step away from the game. The Cardinals tried to bring him back. They offered him a contract. He wasn't interested and conceivably walked away. And in late September, so a little bit later than where, or a little bit earlier than where the Cardinals are now, the Cowboys called Jackie Smith and said, Hey, our first string tight end just got hurt in the fourth game of the season. And Tom Landry convinced Jackie Smith to come play for the Dallas Cowboys. And they went to the Super Bowl with Jackie Smith as their tight end in his last year. So it can be done. I know it's not the same scenario. It's the only time Jackie Smith went to a Super Bowl. It's not the guy. Larry's not changing teams, but it can't. Guys can come back when they think they're retired. And this is a specific instance in which a former Cardinal did it. Now, this was like 40 years ago. I, I it, My father just sent this to me because he's trying to conjure up Larry's spirit on the Cardinals this Sunday. So it's not not out of the realm of possibility. If Cam Newton can come back and play for Carolina, Larry Fitzgerald can come back and play for the Cardinals. There is this story that I'm kind of thinking. Now I'm like trying to think of like crazy stories of like players um, like make it like joining teams like regular or in the middle of the season. Sorry, I'm stumbling on my words because I'm trying to find this guy's name. Okay, so I got the guy's name. So there's a story that I did at my one a previous job when I was working in Knoxville, Tennessee. This is like a little bit of a stretch, but I'm just going to say because it made me think of it. Um, do you remember, well, the uh, when there was the um, the NFL like lockout? Yeah. And... Uh, I think it was it in the eighties. Well, yeah, there was one in the eighties. That was either uh, formerly the Redskins, Washington football team won the Super Bowl. Okay, that's what I'm getting at. So okay. I did a story on Tony Robinson, who was the uh, the the uh, scab quarterback that stepped yeah. in, and they pulled him from like literally prison, <laughs> and he yeah he got a work release out on a police program. So nice. I was a star at one of my favorite stories I've ever told. So, all right. So Tony Robinson to play for the university of Tennessee. He got into some trouble, landed in prison, uh, for drug charges. And during the lockout, um, teams were just pulling guys off the streets to suit up and play. And so somehow Tony Robinson, uh, like got out on a work release program to be able to be the Redskins quarterback. And he led them all the way to the, all the way to the playoffs. And he beat a Dallas Cowboys team in order to, uh, and, and by this time, pretty much Dallas's team was like all back to normal. Like all of their guys right. to get line and it was a full strength Dallas team. And he was still quarterback on the, on the other side. And uh, beat Dallas, you know, and then and then uh, the Broncos beat. Uh, oh no, they went on to beat the Broncos to win the Super Bowl that year. So anyway, it's a fantastic story. But if a guy can be pulled from like jail, yeah, can play quarterback for uh, a team and help lead them. Now he got like kicked to the curb once they made the playoffs. All the guys crossed the picket line, and and he was not ever thought of or awarded a, a ring until uh, like three years ago, which is why I was doing that story. But yeah. I suppose there are stories out there where you can go um, doing nothing to playing a big role on an NFL team. So there you go. Yep. I, again, we're not asking Larry Fitzgerald if he does come back to be the guy, 
uh, that that was a situation in which that was a, a the starting quarterback. This is this is a rotational piece to help kind of level set before maybe an eventual Hopkins return in in January for the playoffs. Help us win these next four games, Fitz. Can you can you give us some critical first downs? Can you be a red zone target? Um, that's that's what I would ask. And if the answer is no, if Cliff Kingsbury pounds the table and says my guy Antoine Wesley is better, faster, stronger younger right now than Fitz is. He's a better fit for my offense. I was with Fitz for two years. Like Kingsbury is never going to come out and say that, but if that's the case, then, then roll with what you have. But if there's any inclination that Larry could help you and Larry wants to return, it would be, it would be one of the best stories in the NFL this year. B is saying, so you're telling me Shane Falco was Tony Robinson in the movie, the replacements. I didn't know that. Um, yeah. So I have not seen the replacements, but yeah, that's Oh, cheers, Dan. I haven't seen it. I know you have to see it with Keanu Reeves. Oh, it's fantastic. It's, it's one of those so bad. It's good movies. Okay. Yeah. I prefer with me. I prefer documentaries. Like I like the real stuff. The real, so Tony, yes, correct. I, I don't, I haven't seen that movie, but I'm assuming that Shane Falco was the guy was Tony Robinson, but yeah. Um, the real guy, the real story is, is very fascinating. So I'm glad that other people were following me. I was like, this is like a stretch, but I'm just going to tell the story. So I'm glad that people were following. No, it's relevant. It's definitely relevant. (laughs) Hey, listen, we're, we're in kind of a silly point in the season right now where crazier things have happened. And if if Larry Fitzgerald comes back, it would not surprise, it would not surprise me. It was my first thought this morning when, when Hopkins went out and then I was, I was getting messages and I sent them to him. I, what, what do we, what do we want to do with this? So makes sense. Well, we are going to wrap things up shortly here. If you guys have any more questions, feel free to feel free to drop them in the chat. And I'm going to tell you guys one more time before we end things to end the promotion that the DraftKings Sportsbook has going on right now. If you download the app, use the promo code PHNX, bet a dollar on any team to score at a football game. If they score, you score because you're going to get $100 in free bets. Again, using that code PHNX. All right. Well, we are sort of nearing the end of our conversation here. Um, Lindsay Smith, uh, thank you, Lindsay, for joining in and uh, having an important comment to make. Johnny, I heard you want to be a part of the Beanie Squad. No, I'm starting my own. I'm starting my own squad called the Stocking Cap Squad uh, on bets today, where I had a stocking cap because it was a balmy 57 degrees in Maricopa this morning when I went for a jog. So I had a stocking cap on. And then I had wet head, so I didn't want my hair on bets to to look really poor. So I put a I put a um, stocking cap on. So no, I'm not part of your club. I have started my own club. Espo uh, also dogging you. I don't even. We're getting we're getting too uh, too far. What's this quote? Pain heals. Chicks dig scars. That's that's Shane Falco from the oh, replacements. The missing out on. Okay. 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 Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it was cold today, Bernard. I appreciate your your prayers, thoughts, and prayers to me in Maricopa. It was cold. Have we left anything else on the table here in terms of talking about the the DeAndre Hopkins injury and Larry Fitzgerald? Uh this whole situation sucks. I don't. I don't. I, we try. We're positive here. Where the Cardinals are ten and three. Twitter right now is a dumpster fire, and if you read it, everybody's acting like the season the season is not over. The number one point I certainly want to get across, Cheerson, during this podcast is if Kyler Murray is a top five quarterback, 
you can win games without DeAndre Hopkins. You should be able to win divisions without DeAndre Hopkins. I, 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 DeAndre Hopkins is immensely talented. He's great. He should go in the Hall of Fame. This is on Kyler Murray now. It has been. Monday night, didn't play great. Like, Kyler Murray, these next four games, we need to see the best version of Kyler Murray as a Redbird, as an Arizona Cardinal in red and white. And if we do, everything will take care of itself because they have the infrastructure and the pieces in place, offense, defense, special teams, the receiving core that's still left here to win and to win big. So I, I, it's all about, for me, is Kyler Murray healthy? They should win games, period. I agree. I think, I just think that injuries are such a bummer because the star players are the guys that you kind of, I mean, to lose J.J. Wad and DeAndre Hopkins for any amount of time, and this isn't Hop's first time being sidelined either this yeah. year. I mean, to have him out, so what, we've got four games remaining and he's missed three already, right? Am I doing math right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Seven games total. So he's played, he will have played in 10 to seven. I mean, you just don't want to see your star players go down. And so that's the most frustrating part. It's like, it's not that I'm sitting there like, oh my gosh, the Cardinals are in deep crap right now because they have to have DeAndre to win, that they don't have to have him to win games, especially not these last four games. But um, this team is special and you, you hate it is. to hear about injuries like this and with his future being uncertain because again we touched on it and you could sit there and say like okay well he is is they're hoping that he's going to be back for the postseason doesn't mean that it's as simple as that right and we want our star players out there zero hundred yard games this year and they're 10 and three yeah he is a big part of what they want to do he's a tremendous player but he's not He's not like he should not be the reason this team wins or loses the rest of the year. Pablo asking, why didn't Justin Pugh play on Monday if he was active? He just they just didn't feel like he was um, ready enough to be out there. He should be out there, you know, this week against the Lions. But they activated him and it was probably going to be a game time decision. And he, they got out there on Sunday and just decided, hey, we're going to wait more one more week. I will say, Cheerson, so they've been very careful with injuries this year, sitting players. And I understand that. And they built up a lot of collateral when they were 7-0. and but They're 3-3 three and three in their last six games. And the NFC West, while we we feel pretty good about it, it's not assured. It's not a sure thing after Monday night. Like, injuries are part of the game. I, I don't think that we can be in a position where we're just kind of sitting guys or making them active moving forward if they aren't going to play. I think the players you have to have active – if they're the best players, they should be in there because they need to scratch and claw to get to win the NFC West and then worry about playoff football. When you get there, I just, I, I am a, every week goes by now. I'm, I'm a little bit more concerned that that fast start kind of derailed their sense of urgency a little bit, especially at home. Like I don't, I don't know. It's something I think what's worth monitoring because it's not that they you aren't peaking at the right time. Fast start for that. Really? I, well, I just I feel like they built up all this collateral with the seven and zero start, and they're just like, okay, now we have all these games when we we bank these. Let's just make sure we're healthy for the playoffs. And it's just like you haven't even won the West yet. Like like go out and put together a couple good performances in a row. You've been a five hundred team, albeit with without Kyler Murray. But I mean, Kyler Murray's one and two in his last three starts, dating back to the Packer game. He just. 
like they need to string together a stretch of good football and all this like let's wait let's make guys active but not play them like they could have used justin Pugh on monday night it just there's oh a little bit gosh, of like they let's could have used him yes yeah let's let's not be cute in our pers- well we, we're good we have this ba- like play your best players if they're active play them and if if they're not active then they should be like they should be on ir i mean like Hopkins and Kyler Murray theoretically should have been on injured reserve and, but they didn't want to do that. And, and right now, like, are they going to put Hopkins on IR now? Like, I, I don't know, but yeah, but why does it wait. matter? The only way you're going to, the only reason that you would want to put a guy on IR is that, so that, you could, that you could elevate somebody else. But if you don't feel like you need to elevate somebody else, then what's the point? Like, why does that even matter? It doesn't. Whether, whether well, thin at certain positions already, as it is though, they're thin at cornerback, they're thin in the interior offensive line. I just, I, I'm not saying it's it's something to to you know worry about currently, but I don't. I need to see a sense of urgency from this team down the stretch. Like throw the record aside and and come and and be ready and and to to win every week. I just I don't. I feel like there's just kind of like a we banked all these wins. Let's just kind of there's a coast method right now. It just feels like that. The Rams had a sense of urgency Monday night without a bunch of players to come to that building and start fast and win. And I think the Cardinals didn't. And that's disappointing, especially given their good bill of health coming into that game. So we I just we we have not seen that sense of urgency. At least I haven't for a while. That's an interesting note. Um, well, let's end on this question. I know we scrapped our mailbag segment, but we did get a similar question. So uh, I know at least a couple of you guys are wondering. Uh, Bernard asking, do you guys think the fail to spike the ball was on Cliff or uh, Kyler on Monday? Everything felt disorganized there at the end, and there certainly was a miscommunication. It's hard to – if you're not in the huddle, it's hard to know like 100% uh, you know, what, what exactly happened um, or out there on the field rather. But I, I mean, in my opinion, I would say Kyler, but I don't know. I would, I would also say Kyler. Kyler said it was between he and the offensive line and the offensive line thought they were spiking it. So I think maybe Kyler just had a, like a, you know, a lapse of judgment. Um, I don't think it would have mattered though. I, I mean, like at that point, the game was taken away from them on a phantom holding call by Harlow on Kyler's run. Like that call was complete another garbage. I don't even want to get into the officiating on Monday night because I think it was really gross. So I don't think it matters. I think that that's a non-story. Um, you know, especially when you compare it to like the AJ Green miscommunication. It's not even close to that. The Cardinals lost that game well before that happened. And I think it was in part because of the officiating. Uh Pablo asking, will Chase Edmonds play this week? He is expected to play. So that should be something to look forward to. I don't know. We continue to get questions in here. Questions to wrap things up. We uh, we appreciate uh, the questions. That might have actually been the last one. I think the rest of the ones coming in are just comments. But, hey, we appreciate you guys so much joining us uh, to be able to discuss things, the not-so-good news that came down today and – it is what it is. We're going to continue to talk about uh, DeAndre Hopkins and the receiving core, and uh, maybe we'll talk more about Larry if, if that if line continues. Would certainly love to be talking about Larry at this point in the season, so that might make things interesting and fun. But uh, I hope we all feel a little bit better about the situation, knowing that you know the Cardinals have have playmakers that can can keep them, um, you know, not not only afloat, but uh, you know playing at a high level and, you know, and putting them in a position to win every game. 
uh, in these last four games of the regular season, and hopefully they'll be able to click in the postseason. You know, another th- good thing about DeAndre Hopkins is I know injury is one thing, but when it comes to him and practicing, uh, he's a guy that doesn't need a whole lot of practice and can step back in. So as long as that knee is feeling good, uh, that's one guy that I, we expect great things, even with a mistake. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, again, if you guys have not subscribed to our YouTube channel or our podcast, it helps us out tremendously if you hit that button. Uh, follow us media as well at phnx underscore cardinals and uh, johnny and i actually are going to be talking about curses tomorrow so don't want to miss that podcast maybe this team has a little curse hovering over them uh that we might need to try and break so johnny and i are going to have that for you guys tomorrow and then me you and frank are going to be back in studio to pre-game this this big time matchup against the Detroit Lions. Oh no! <laughs> we say all this and watch them lay an egg on Sunday. I that know, would be something. I but... know. I know. We need to respect their opponent as well. <laughs> Do we? All right. <laughs> we'll see you guys later. Thanks for tuning in.